Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf, episode 143. Hello everyone, Tom Purcell again, and thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time subscriber to the show, either way, we're glad you're with us, and we're glad you're with us today because we have somebody that's extra special with us today. We've been working on getting her on for a long, long time. She is a LPGA Tour veteran, close to 30 wins worldwide in her career, two major championships, Player of the Year honors, and now she dabbles in commentating with NBC and the Golf Channel, among other things, but we're going to catch up with her today from up in New York, Miss Dottie Pepper. Dottie, thanks so much for taking the time with us. It is great to have you. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking, and we've got a bunch of cool things to talk about. We do. We always like to start and talk about turning the clock back and looking back in time and How'd you, how'd you get interested in the game? How'd you fall in love with this great game? Ah, it's been so long, I forgot. No, actually, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a family family thing. Um, my grandmother played. Uh, my dad's my dad's mom, and also like so many um, baseball players, after they they leave baseball, pick up golf, and that was my dad. So uh, it was very much a family thing, and my dad got very proficient at it very quickly and I think it it pushed me and obviously you got pretty good at it pretty quick and the decision came to keep playing and you kind of hard to turn Furman University down back in those days wasn't it well yeah Furman had an incredible legacy of of great women's golf going back to the national championship when it was still AIAW and um, players came out of there like Betsy King and Beth Solomon, Beth Daniel, Sherry Turner. Um, there were a lot of really great players. And But first and foremost, it was the education that was kind of beat into my brain by my parents. Um, I was the first of either side of the kids that um, came out of my family to go to college. And after my dad didn't make it in the majors, um, you know, went to play baseball professionally right out of high school and didn't have a whole lot to fall back on. Um, so that that message uh, came through loud and clear that you need to have a plan B. And that was primarily why I chose Furman. Uh, I'm sure it was a lot warmer than where I grew up in South Carolina, or in, in upstate New York, but it was also the promise of a great education. Well, you, you got that education, and then, you, like you said, you had your father who played sports professionally, and you had to make that decision. How tough was that either to go on tour or to go ahead and get a, a, a real life? Well, it was... Um, it wasn't that hard of a decision. It was something I, I really wanted to do and had a decent enough college career to justify making that jump. But I was going to give myself a pretty short period of time to make it. I wasn't going to linger uh, on many tours and, and all that for a long time. And, um, and sure enough, I, I missed getting through the pre qualifier right out of the hopper. Um, turn pro in June and August, I had my back against the wall as soon as I could say, uh-oh. <laughs> So um got in the car, drove to Sarasota, Florida, and got through and actually won the second free qualifier. And, and Q School um, managed to close really well with the fourth round that passed a whole bunch of people and, and got into the next card. And um, you know, I just kind of took it from there. But it was, again, another lesson in um, perseverance and make sure you have a backup plan because I only had enough money to get through half the season. So it was either play good or I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, Dottie, that was a kind of a cool time on the LPGA Tour. There was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of competition, a lot of great players. Share with us a little bit about your memories back in there with, with some of those ladies that you were close with. Well, uh, for example, my, my first Dinah, I qualified the day before in Phoenix. Back then, if you finished in the top three of a, of a regular sanctioned event, 
or won an event, um, you got in. And I think there was also a money list qualifier, but being a rookie, I didn't, I wasn't eligible for that. So I got in by finishing second in Phoenix the, the previous Sunday and drove across the desert to find out my first parent, first day pairing, Sherry Turner and Louise Suggs. Oh, so my goodness. Had, <laughs> you got to be kidding. Sherry was one of the hottest players coming up at the time. And Louise Suggs, of course, um, Hall of Fame, I mean, legend without even, without even watching her hit a golf ball. So that was fantastic. And my first Solheim Cup captain was Kathy Whitworth. So I had, I had the great honor, really, of playing against so many amazing people. Uh, Judy Rankin had really just finished playing when I started um, coming on, coming on tour. Bradley, Carner, Lopez, Sean, King, I mean, they were all the players that we played against every week. And to be, to be pushed by the best is something that makes you best. Now, you got to play literally with almost three generations of great players. I did. I did. Um, as Whitworth was, was um, saying goodbye, and Lopez played for, um, you know, effectively for probably about half the time that I was on tour, uh, yeah, there were an amazing amount of great players that um, I, I, I crossed paths with. And you learn a lot. I mean, you just stand in a bunker and watch Carter give uh, a player who can barely get out of a bunker a bunker lesson. And by the time they leave, they're hitting these zippy little shots and flying it and stopping it and, and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it was, um, it was a time of great com- camaraderie, but it was also a time of incredible competition. Well, 1992 was a pretty special year for you. Talk about 92 with us. Well, um, <laughs> I come off a winless 91 where I finished in the top five on the money list. I was knocking on the door over and over and over again. And, and 92 got off to a great start with um, a win in the playoff over Julian Inkster at the Dinah. Um, one on the Temple, so I didn't have to take that horrible dive in the lake. But, um, you know, it was, it was a season that I, I played really great golf from, from start to finish. And in the majors, uh, was in contention. And, it was just one of those seasons where it all really fell together. And, I, you know, as, as well as I played from top to bottom, I think my, my greatest strength that particular year were getting my staff every week and seeing where I was excelling and where I really needed to work. And I was in the top 10 of 10 of driving distance and accuracy combined. And to be in the top 10 of both of those categories, it was an incredible weapon to be able to have. So it made you... Um, be able to play so much offense instead of, you know, really struggling to figure out what a ball's going to do from the, from the rock or out of the trees or whatever. So I was in a position to play great offense and I, I locked up most of the awards by the time the tour went overseas, um, in, in the fall. So it was, I actually had a little bit of time to enjoy it going in. Dottie Pepper joining us. Dottie, as you watch the ladies now, what major changes do you see from when you played in them? Other than, obviously, the tour is more worldwide now. It's, it's very, very international. But do you, do you see a lot of differences or, or, or the similarities pretty close as well? Well, I, I think it is a lot different. Um, and, and part of that is that you know, the tour is, as you said, worldwide. There's the schedule that the bookends of the schedule really are very much away from the United States. And I think that makes it hard for the fans to grab on early. But when they get here, the re- the response is fantastic. And the response when they go to other countries is fantastic. It just makes it hard for the domestic audience to be able to find them in a predictable place. But I think, too, um, as 
as time has, has gone on, the um, entourage factor has, has become something that, that really wasn't out there as, um, as we went through and <laughs> went through our careers. Um, the players are younger. That very often have not gone to college, and Stacey Lewis is really the exception to the rule to have gone to college and have a couple of majors. Uh, she is by far the exception. So you come out with kids that are really young, they can't rent a car, so somebody's got to be with them. And teachers are coming along, and the nutritionists and the therapists and all this other stuff. So there's, there's naturally the, the close bond between the players isn't quite there that it used to be, just because you've got so many other people that are in the mix. So I think that's the, the primary difference. You brought up Stacy Lewis. We had her on a little while back ago. We asked her about college, and she says, I don't know what the rub is. She goes, I love it. I'd still be there if they'd still let me. <laughs> she, had a, she had a ball I, in college. No, I, I did the same. I had a great time in college. I probably studied too hard because if I failed out, I was done. I was going back home to community college in upstate New York. But um, I, I thought it was a great time to kind of really figure out who you are you learn how to manage your time. You learn how to manage being a student and being an athlete at the same time. And, you know, socially, you make great strides in college. And I know that, that argument's out there that, that people go to college and they don't get better or they actually get worse. Well, that's what you make of it. And it's about choosing the right program for you. And, you know, go for a couple years. Nobody says you have to finish and get a degree in those four years. But I will tell you, you learn an awful lot about yourself and, and how to push yourself and how to reward yourself. And I think that's the greatest gift that college can offer. Dottie Pepper joining us here on Golf Better. Dottie, you mentioned Solheim Cup and playing for Kathy Whitworth back in the day. You got a phone call from Meg Mallon earlier this year that really uh, brought some emotion. And uh, uh, I'm just going to let you tell the story because it, it, just reading about it, it really got to me about what she's offered for you and what you've accepted. Well, and I was thrilled uh, when Meg even brought the idea up. And it was as early as, uh, I guess, in January, but we had dinner in March, and speaking about um, being her first assistant for for the Solheim Cup coming up in, in 13 at that Colorado Golf Club. And uh, I, it, was, it, was, it, it is a huge honor. It still is. There were also some very black and white issues that needed to be dealt with, and that's, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I got to clear it with my bosses at NBC and ultimately because of the merger at Golf Channel. So um, there were some real-life issues that needed to be taken care of, but I'm thrilled to be able to help her. And, and it was a pretty emotional thing. It wasn't even supposed to have been announced on July 4th. As it turns out, it was at the Women's Open at Kohler. The LPGA was supposed to have made some other announcement, which I still don't know what it was. Um, and it didn't happen that day. It fell through. So the night before, Meg called me and said, what do you think? Do you want to do it tomorrow? I said, Meg, I didn't even bring anything to wear. <laughs> I, I, know, I, mean, I, I don't know what we're doing here. So we got together with the communication staff and, and uh, came up with a plan. And sure enough, um, the morning of July 4th, we um, bounced in the media room. And it was, it was really cool. And as, you know, as you said, very emotional. Yeah, Meg said, uh, I think she, she said she could feel the tears as soon as she got off the phone with you, as soon as you answered the phone. And she also talked yeah, about how you, got, how you guys complement each other. She said that, you know, you're a, kind of a detail freak, and you, you're not going to leave any stone unturned. When she's a little different. Can you share a little, a little bit about how you think you'll work together? Well, that is true. Um, Meg is, is um, somebody who paints in, in real broad strokes and and sees really big pictures really well, and I'm definitely more detail-oriented. In fact, we're already working on menus 
for um, next August. And you know, you're dealing with people who are gluten free, you got people who are vegetarians, people who will eat fish but no meat, and so there's all of these other things to consider. And just, I think I'm, I'm more, and I've, I've said this before, I'm, I'm more of the UPS man for her. What can Brown do for you? I'm just there to try to make her decisions. Um, ones that she knows she has all the information and but once she makes them we'll take care of it we'll get it done so that's that's been um, primarily what what I've been there for um, for example getting the artichoke done and making sure we had enough to cover the European team to have it done in meters as well so working with a couple of the guys who work on the Champions Tour that had actually done the yardage books for the uh, senior PGA that was out there in 2010 at Colorado Golf Club. So we've been able to kind of check that one off the list. But it's, it's a little detail that, oh, gosh, we don't have yardage books. Um, so those are the, the kind of things that we, um, we, we complement each other really well on. Dottie, talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup that just happened. I'm sure you guys got to see some of that pressure cooker on TV, if not in person. Uh, what do you and Meg take away from what the Davis and his team did or what they didn't do? Uh, pairings, just, just different little things that you may have picked up from the Ryder Cup at Medina. Well, there are two things that stood out in my mind, and I think Davis did a very, very good job of getting his guys in a great, great frame of mind, getting the, the fans engaged. Uh, he had great support and great experience with his with his other assistants, vice captains. I think he made two mistakes, and having Phil Mickelson tell him that they weren't going to play on Saturday afternoon when the momentum that he and Keegan Bradley had, and as fired up as that crowd was, I think was a huge mistake. Davis is the captain; Phil Mickelson is not. And secondly, when Davis said. I really didn't matter how I put my players out there on Sunday. They were all playing great. That order matters a lot. And, and I think those are the two key mistakes that led to the, ultimately in hindsight, led to the American's demise. Um, you got to get somebody out there that's solid as a rock, that's not emotional, and can go out and, and really diffuse any European rally because they certainly had the momentum going in after Ian Poulter finished the way he did on Saturday night. Um, to diffuse any hope they had. And I would have put a guy like Zach Johnson out there first. You don't need any rah, rah, rah. If you need it, you send Fred Couple to the, to the first team, get the fans all fired up. But they didn't. Um, I don't think his order was particularly great on Sunday morning. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. You said you have a boss, so i got to make sure that I can get off work. You are pretty busy, along with the Golf Channel NBC, but what I really wanted to talk about on top of that is bogey, and bogey tees off and what you're doing with, uh, with young kids and the LPGA Foundation. Yeah, we've, um, last January, in fact, the, the time that the Solheim Cup sort of came up, we released our first volume of bogey tees off, and, and bottom line, to put it all in kind of a cliff notes form, Bogey is a range ball with a big fat red stripe around his belly and he's really tired of his dead end job and wants to play the PGA Tour. So we're taking him through the trials and tribulations of an adolescent with a big dream and someone who wants to do better than where they are. So uh, we've gotten the USGA on board with the glossary in, in the back of the book. There are autograph pages that are built in. There's scorecards. So there's all these little lessons of history of the rules of the game, the proper way to learn golf, 
but while they're, the kids are still having fun. So our main goal is to get kids reading, to have fun, and get them out moving. Get them away from the video games and all that and get them with a golf club in their hand. And when they go to a clinic or whatever it might be, they walk away with, with a book in their hand and they still have golf in their life. So um, we've had a great time with this project. And we, we all to, to benefit junior golf uh, for the first volume. The Christmas book has just come out, which we partnered with the Folds of Honor uh, to do that one. And it's Bogey Bolton and the night, night Before Christmas and what Christmas is really all about. And we've had a great relationship with Folds of Honor and happy to help their cause. And then the third book will come out in March, and it will um, benefit for the LPGA Foundation. So we've, we've been really lucky to have three great partnerships and to be able to move forward. And uh, it, it's been very, very fun to see the reaction of the kids and hopefully, you know, grow golf right from the ground up. And Bogey's getting pretty popular, too. He has his own line of head covers with Daphne, I believe, right? He does. James Spicer from Daphne's was just, she jumped in with both feet. Um, her and her husband, Steve, who helped with the design as well, they have just an incredible operation out there in Phoenix, and um, they were anxious to help. They've been um, terrific as far as distribution, the support, and there will be more head covers down the road as more characters come into Bogey's life. So, um, kind of stay tuned for that. But Jane, Jane and uh, Steve have been great partners. And just to drop in, you can find those bogey head covers at edwinwattsgolf.com. And Bogey's gone a little viral, too. You can follow Bogey as you follow Dottie on Twitter, correct? Yes, and uh, on Facebook as well. So, yes, we are, we are both there. Bogey has his own uh, Twitter account. I have mine, Dottie and Bogey, and also um, both on Facebook, myself and also Bogey Bolton. Well, Dottie, as we close, what we like to do is give something away to our listeners, and we're blessed to deal with the vendors that we deal with. We've got some Nike 20XI golf balls, courtesy of Kel Devlin and Cindy Davis of Nike Golf when they were on not long ago. And I'm going to have you announce the name of the winner. Well, I'm going to tell you a little something about Cindy Davis, too. She was another farming product, and she was a senior when I was a freshman, so we go way back. Beth Daniel scholarship, I believe, right? That's exactly right. And this week's winner is Nancy Hoye of San Diego, California. Congratulations. Nancy will be getting those 20XI golf balls out to you, and you got to hear it from Dottie Pepper herself. Remember, 20XI, if you're not playing resin, you're playing last year's technology. Last, at least that's what Cindy Davis tells us. Uh, Dottie, final words for our listeners as we cl- wrap up shop today? Well, if, if you're looking for something cool to do next August, come to Colorado Golf Club. Uh, the week of August 12th begins the 12th full line cup. Uh, wraps up with uh, hopefully the, the U.S. winning on the 18th, but uh, Parker, Colorado, really easy to get to from the Denver airport and come out and wear your red, white, and blue and support the American girls. And we're looking forward to you and Meg coaching them up. <laughs> thanks. Dottie, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great having you. My pleasure. Thanks for calling, Tom. Well, there's only one Dottie Pepper. She is competitive. She is fiery. And that's the way you knew her as a player back in her playing days. But saw another side of her today, a very, very compassionate side with what she does with bogey tees off and how that affects kids and other foundations. Just absolutely a wonderful, wonderful person. And thanks so much to Dottie Pepper for joining us. And thanks to you, our listeners, as well. We'll do it again next time. And we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.